But anyway, yeah, you were mad you weren't on the Predator episode. I was. I was. <laughs> That's one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, yeah. What else do like you have top favorites? We're gonna have to work you in I know. at some point to pick up. Well, you, you put me in front of any Arnold movie. I'm I'm, in, I'm down. Any Arnold? Okay, I'm down. Cool. Okay. Well, hey, this movie's basically like the Predator, kind of the same, yeah. right? They're, yeah, the aliens are so mean in this film. They're so mean. They just want to um, kill everyone. This movie's like almost the opposite of The Predator, except for, uh, I mean, we'll talk about it. Let me introduce the podcast first. As you guys know, I don't know how to start the podcast yet. So it'll either be just, just starting it, I guess, which is, often works the best, or something along the lines of, welcome to Late to the Movies. My name is Ben Holt, and this is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Every week, we'll pick a movie that either I or guest hadn't seen before and really should have gotten on a spaceship and left your family forever by now. Um, the movie this week, as you maybe could tell from that tease, is Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Steven Spielberg's 1977 sci-fi classic, his follow-up to Jaws, a really important movie that I don't feel like gets talked about a lot when you're talking about Spielberg these days, but we're going to talk about it a lot today. Before we do that, though, my guess, your guess, left to right, sure, across your podcast now, we got Anthony. Ben. I think we need a bigger boat. No, wait, it's the wrong movie. <laughs> oh, so close. Two years off. Ben, we are not alone. There you go. <laughs> well, well played. And thank you for being here. Um, before we get into the movie, though, you're a guy who watches a lot of movies. Have you seen anything good recently? Uh, honestly, not not oh, too okay. much. Not too much. <laughs> uh, it's just been... Uh, it's been it's just been pretty busy, and I've been yeah. playing a lot of Call of Duty. There you uh, go. I've gotten really into that. I don't know why. It's, I feel like I'm 12 again, but yeah, I did watch uh, this film called Hunger. It's, okay, it's I a don't know Thai it. film on Netflix. Okay, uh, it's sort of it's similar to The Menu with Ralph Fiennes, but yeah, uh, it's all in Thai, and it's about this like megala megala egotistical chef. Yeah, yeah. And this, oh, interesting. This other young woman chef who's like just cooking noodles in a side a restaurant in Thailand. She gets recruited to join his team at this exclusive restaurant, but the guy's just a total lunatic, and mm -hmm. the film is super dark. Yeah, um, but right, she learns some life lessons along the way, and it's like it's really, really, a really weird film. But I thought it was pretty good. Good. It's on Netflix too. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. I don't know anything about it, so I'll put that on my list. Um, I couldn't tell you who was in it. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, no clue. <laughs> yeah, I've only I've seen very few Thai films. I think uh, Pitchapong, where Sitakoon is from Thailand. But and my, I was talking, my uh, my brother said that RRR is really good. And I should watch it, but I just haven't watched it. Yeah, I, lo I loved it. It is, I mean, who are we to talk as Americans? Like, is, you can see over there my copy of Top Gun Maverick. Nice. You know, a lot of action movies are pretty nationalistic. This yeah. this one is too. And, you know, maybe that doesn't work for you. But if you're, if you can just watch it as an action movie, like, yeah. you know, I don't want to support Lockheed Martin, but I right. liked Top Gun Maverick. Right, right, right. Of course. Um, yeah, it's it's a hell of a time. It's it's so inventive and it's doing some stuff that you're like, oh, I've never seen that before. And he said it's just constant action. Constant. There never are ends. So many great set pieces that the characters are like the two main guys are super charismatic. Um, there's multiple songs in it, which the first one doesn't start until like 45 minutes in. You're like, oh, I didn't know this was that kind of movie. Right. Really, I also really watched really this uh, show on Netflix called uh, The Night Agent. I was just watching some random... Uh, it's like Hiddleston? Jason Bourne. Is Hiddleston in that? No. Who is it? That, that? That's The Night Manager or something yes, like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is The it's Night like Agent. I have to Google. It's kind of like Jack Reacher meets Jason Bourne. So um, this guy, he's like a secret agent, but he he mans this sort of night phone at, in the White House when for like special occasion. That's pretty mission type that things, cool. and it's a whole conspiracy type thing. Uh, I like that. It was just mindless. Uh, yeah, a pretty good series that you can binge. Hey, it works. Yeah, um, I watched in theaters yesterday. Evil Dead Rise. Oh, nice. How was it? I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, it's okay. So so yeah, a quick you know, if you don't know, the Evil Dead movies. Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. They're come out from the 80s into the early 90s. Then Big Gap. In 2013, there's a reboot by Fede Alvarez, which I think is really good, but it's it's a lot more serious than those first three movies. More in line with the first movie, which isn't as much of a comedy as the second and third. Um, but even the first one is like has a little goofiness to it, just from starring Bruce Campbell. Yeah, it's Bruce Campbell, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the 2013 reboot takes itself really seriously until like the last half hour, which is really good. Um, and then this one is definitely 
not a comedy like Evil Dead 2 or Army of Dark- Darkness is, but it's goofier. Um, and I think I liked the vibe more. And the 2013 one is maybe more successful just as a horror movie. Right. But as an Evil Dead movie, I think this one's probably better. Yeah. Um, but I, I like both. I like all the Evil Dead movies, so maybe I'm is not Bruce the right Campbell kind of in it? No. Oh. No. It's all, all new people. Okay. All new people. Um, they've, they're kind of making a case that it's a different uh, book. It's, there's like three books of the dead. And like it's the original three movies had one. The 2013 one had a different one, and then this one had a different one. Is sort of what they're saying, at least. Right, okay. Um, that's not a, you know, the book lore isn't a big part of it. People turn into deadites, and it, the thing that makes it like the first ones is that they're back to just, like, fucking with people, just yeah. just because. Right. Um, which is what deadites should be doing. They're just messing with people. Right, yeah, it's right. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen um, the show Burn Notice? Uh, only a little bit. I mean, it, I know it's not a good Bruce show, but that, right? yeah, Bruce it, Bruce Campbell like makes the shows the comic relief. It's, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> um, one thing that is interesting about this movie is that like a lot of the people in it are children, and so that's a new dynamic. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a new dynamic. It's, like, what do you mean by children? It's usually like young adults, but these people are explicitly like ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah a, a kid who's i think like eight or nine oh, yeah, gotcha gotcha um there's someone there's two teens one's probably like 16 or 17 and one doesn't have their driver's license yet so like probably 15 or 13 i know so they're really setting up for a new franchise <laughs> um <laughs> well you know evil dead movies not a lot of people make it through that's true right um, but so i don't want to give a spoiler in one way or the other okay so i'll, I'll just say that a lot of um I mean, it, it seemed like that with the end of the 2013 one that they were setting it up, and they were supposed to. There's a Bruce Campbell tease at the end credits of the 2013 one, and that never. Yeah, nothing I, th- ever I came thought he was that. supposed to come back. They were supposed to. The, the, the movie's like in development hell. Gotcha. And now it's been ten years. Right. Um. But yeah, I liked it. It's there's some good stuff in it. <laughs> Did you get to <laughs> see the movie? Fan service, some good callbacks, some great homages. Oh, really? That's yeah. good. A few homages to The Shining, for sure. Right. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds good, too. Um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I had seen it before, but I don't think I've revisited it probably since I was like a kid. And my mom was like, hey, you should watch this. It was was kind of like, here's the thing I liked when I was a kid Mm -hmm. um, around your age. And I was like a teenager or whatever. Maybe you'll dig this. And I did. And um, but I don't think I really revisited it since. But I am counting that as having seen it before. And you had not. I've never seen it. I've only seen the end. Uh, like very the last, famous ending. last 10 15 minutes yeah yeah very famous ending uh when the mothership gets there and right. the synthesizer with the light board but um yeah so um i mean pretty successful when it came out it's it's a big deal it's a lot of people's favorite spielberg movie um screen drafts i, I talk about other podcasts on here all the time so i'll just mention one i don't think i have before screen drafts had a Steven Spielberg series of episodes where they were ranking every Spielberg movie. I think it lasted like four or five episodes because there's just so many. And um, there were some people on it. And how it's, it's, I, I don't want to explain the three drafts because it's too hard. But anyway, Close Encounters came up really high and people were speaking like really passionately about it. So this was one of the movies I revisited around when those podcasts were happening, was also when we were shooting stuff out of the sky. And so this movie and Signs, which we're not doing this month, were the reason that I wanted to do Watch the Skies Month, which yeah. is the theme, all the alien invasions yep. and encounters. The original title of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, is it? Is Watch the Skies, yeah. I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> Here's the reveal at the end of you the month. Welcome. It was all leading up to this. That would make sense. I can't believe you didn't know that, yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, let's see how much research I didn't do. Um, yeah, so it's... Uh, you probably thought that's why I named it this. <laughs> I did. That's like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. The culmination. The culmination. Um, I'm glad we're doing this one last, because it is a culmination of a lot of the themes we've been talking about. Um, but before we get into it too deep, uh, do you want to give us a one-minute plot summary? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. Great. Go for it. All right. After a couple unexplained UFO sightings combined with two World War II planes being discovered in the desert... In perfect condition, weird things start happening in rural Indiana. Roy Neary, fresh off of hunting sharks, investigates several outages and has a close encounter himself, obsessed with finding out what's going on. Roy loses 
his wife and family just going mad, insane. Simultaneously, scientists discover the sound pattern and realize uh, it coincides with the notes. Uh, it's it's they discover the sound pattern. They realize it's a uh, uh, a longitude and latitude for Devil's Tower, Wyoming. Uh, Roy and um, the woman whose son gets abducted by the aliens, or his first uh, Jillian. They watch the same train wreck. They both head to Devil's Tower. They all make their way there. The government tries to stop them. A giant game of Simon ensues. The aliens reveal themselves to be friendly, take Roy aboard the ship along with a bunch of other cool astronauts and fly away. Uh, you went 61 seconds on the dot, so oh, unfortunately nice. disqualified, disqualified for going over. <laughs> uh, yeah, you pretty much nailed it. So I, I have a lot of thoughts about this movie, but I want to keep it on the focus of what the podcast is actually about. What did you think seeing this for the first time? Uh, I mean, this is like a, this movie is a game setting movie for science fiction films. It's, I mean, yeah. basically that's what it really is. It, it, it makes sense to me why maybe our parents' generation really love this film. And if you go to the movies in 1977 after you see this Star Wars, this come out before or after? Uh, it got pushed back, so I think it comes out. I think Star Wars is summer, and I think this is fall. Right, okay. Um, Along with some other films, you know, Jaws and a lot of 70s-themed uh, movies coming out like that. You realize the, seeing this in the movies in 77 must have been a massive cultural impact, similar to maybe what War of the Worlds was on radio in the 30s. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I was just double checking, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, Star Wars is a summer, and then a few months later, November, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and altogether, quieter movie yeah, <laughs> on the whole, right. but with some sure. real like bravura sequences. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, I love this movie. This movie is great, and it is so sort of strangely structured in a way that it is kind of an ensemble movie. I think you know the cultural image of it is Richard Dreyfus, right. and then him, you know, with the mashed potatoes making the Devil's Tower and stuff. But, it, I mean, it starts with Francois Truffaut and Bob Balabin out in the desert, and it's probably more screen time for the stuff happening in Muncie, Indiana with Richard Dreyfus and his family, but it's not that much less time spent with the scientists and the government people. Yeah, it's two simultaneous two stories going on at the same time. Yeah, so structurally, I think it's pretty interesting that there's this really domestic story of a guy trying to like be believed. And you wouldn't normally have, even before he's on screen, yes, that's happening. As the audience, you know that he's right the whole time. Right. So it's, it's sort of this interesting thing. And... um the, the scientists, they're in more of like a procedural story, like obviously different subject matter, but I think of like Spotlight and it's just you're seeing professionals doing their job and that's like what they're doing. And so it's it's just such an interesting dynamic to swap between here's these competent guys getting this thing done, doing this huge scientific breakthrough and then let's go back to Richard Dreyfus, and he's going insane and yeah. driving his family away. The blue-collar utility worker. Yeah, yeah. I, Trying I, to read a map in a truck at night. <laughs> yelling turkey at guys who pass him on the highway. Yeah, turkey. Um, it's so Midwestern. But all that being said, there's there's a great build, and there's so many amazing sequences in this movie that it feels... Um, you know, kind of, we'll probably not give them all credit in the next 40 minutes, but I love how the movie starts. It's so sort of mysterious, I guess, out in the right, desert. Yeah, yeah. You see the planes, it's like, oh, they haven't changed at all. Yep. They went missing, what, what do they say, like 1941 or something? Yeah. Yeah. I think the backstory is the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. They went missing in. Yep. And then you go right to another place, the characters that you never see again. It's like the control center where there's some sort of, like, um, I don't know, test mission being flown. Right. And you never actually see what the pilots are seeing. You're just with the guy at the command, at yeah. the control console, which I think is a cool concept. It probably saves a lot of money, too. And he says, do you want to report a UFO sighting? And they're like, uh, no, nope. not really. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. I like the sound effects of, like, <laughs> you sound like you're at a yeah. McDonald's drive-thru, you know? <laughs> and uh, and you're just watching this guy looking at the radar screen and the other guys who, like, come and stand around him as this is happening. Yeah. And it's still a really exciting scene. Yeah. But you're just watching these guys sitting at a desk. And then you see Richard Dreyfus and his family. I, it's amazing how young he looks. I mean, obviously, yeah. right? But 
He looks, it. yeah, the beard in Jaws. Yeah. And then going no beard for this. It right. looks like a whole different It's, it's guy. a totally different guy. It's a totally different guy. Think, and the personality is so different, too. I think he really is an alien. Yeah. And he, they brought him back off the spaceship just for this film. I know. It's it's a whole different vibe from the dude, too. Right. Um, his character in Jaws would be one of the scientists. He's basically Bob Balaban. Exactly. Um, right. They look pretty much the same. Right. <laughs> but it, the it, the Roy Neary character in this is kind of like, I mean, he's right the whole time. Yeah. But he kind of sucks also. <laughs> he he's an He's an allegory for the working class man in middle America. Yeah, yeah. No one believes me. Yep, yep. The government's railroading you. Yeah. And, and it turns out they are. That's, but they are. They, they, yeah, they they've are. been planning this the whole time. I, They're fully aware of what's happening. Fully it's, aware. it's not even like, uh, oh, I need to make these people believe. It's like, oh, they know a lot more than you do. Right. They know you're right. Right. But it's better for them if you think later on in the movie, there's some kind of like airborne yeah. thing that we all need to leave Wyoming right. for. <laughs> they've already planned this. I think yep. they even planned the original pilots getting abducted in the first place they already knew about that yeah they've they're well aware of right. a lot of things that are happening um and this is probably a good time to talk about all every movie that we've done all four we've done this month have a very strong distrust in the government yeah <laughs> um and are like uh, not even really subtext very much in each of these four movies is the government misleading people yeah. um Arrival, it's not as much of a lying. It's just no one trusts the government. Right. <laughs> and they're doing weird stuff, and the soldiers are squarely. Um, but then the other three movies are explicitly someone in the government lying to a main character, <laughs> um, which is just, you know, something that... But you have to. That's the theme of alien movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's absolutely it may, it's what's what going on. what makes them work. Right. A lot of the anxiety happening back in February when we were shooting stuff out of the sky yeah. every day. Yeah. Oh, it's just a weather balloon. Hmm. Yeah, sure it is, <laughs> yeah. Joe. Talk about the president, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. Did you like it, this no, movie? I, I okay. really enjoyed it, yeah. To, uh, to your point about the cor the scientists, it, it just reminds me of every... Um, they're just so straight-laced and like kind of stiff. And the, all the government people, they look exactly the same. The yeah. military uniforms just reminds me of uh, a lot of those, the films from that period. And and I, some of the Air Force guys and the, the top brass reminded me of the character from uh, Twin Peaks, the the major. Yeah. 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 I thought it was very oh, funny. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, obviously this movie came out before, so a lot of those films are just borrowing from it. Yeah. And, and it's Spielberg, so you get a lot of uh, E.T., themes you get a lot of oh yes that stuff just barring from himself yeah it's as if it's it, like if elliot had gotten on the ship with et and left right. his family at the end right <laughs> it looks um, like et yeah but yeah 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 i mean this is like the, the same kind is of that puppety, the same alien yeah. thing right yeah um I mentioned before that Francois Truffaut is in this movie. Uh, if you've, he's a, a hugely important figure in international, an international is what I just said. Cinema, mm. um, uh, leading figure of the French new wave made, you know, 400 blows is a big deal. This is his only acting role in a movie. He didn't direct. Must've just been a fun time for Spielberg to have this, yeah, right. this iconic dude on set. Right. Uh, I think he's really good at it. It just um, seems worth calling out individually. Yeah. Uh, earlier, you mentioned that this is sort of like a, I forget what you use like a summation kind of a movie for sci-fi that put our parents' generation on this track. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's a really good example of what Spielberg does so well throughout his career of sort of synthesizing his influences and in then also making something that ends up being the format for a type of movie kind of going forward. Um, he makes 1941 after this, which doesn't necessarily do that. But Raiders of the Lost Ark is the movie yeah. after that. Yep. And that is all his, you know, the the radio dramas he grew up on, the radio serials, I mean, he grew up on. And then also every action movie since is, right. is like trying to do that. Um, and yeah, I think there's, there's a ton of overlap in this movie with sci-fi before and after. But uh, yeah. Crystal Lake? Did they... Jason... Jason is Crystal Lake. Yeah. He's living there. He's living there. Yeah. So the aliens put Jason at Crystal Lake. One of the, one of the utility workers mentions, "Oh, the power's out at Crystal Lake," and I was like, oh. uh, "Easter egg, Easter egg." Did <laughs> yeah, and just a few years later, they'd find out why. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we took the wrong guy. Yeah. 
So, um, I'm trying to think. I don't know why we're so Spielberg obsessed. This is our sixth Spielberg movie. Well, he's a good director. Uh, he's a good director. He's he made a bad. lot of things. Yeah. It's kind of impossible after Fablemans to not see every movie of, in the lens of like, ooh, how did he feel about his dad and his mom yeah, at this right, point in yeah. time? Um, but yeah, so the domestic stuff, which is kind of the next part of the movie that we get to plot wise, uh, takes a lot of takes a lot of that. Terry Gar as the put upon wife, pretty yeah. underserved by this, but I think she's great. Spielberg, I read that he cast her because she, he saw her in a coffee commercial. Oh in, wow! In a thirty second spot, she had such a wide range of emotions on selling coffee. He's like, I got to have her in this film. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a thankless role. Yeah. It's there's a little bit more of it, but like. You know, in her defense, she's she's really just like, come on, just like, don't be, don't yeah. be, come on, please, she's don't like do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm embarrassed by you. Yeah. It's <laughs> Stop not, throwing plants in my house. It's like, she's kind of doing like a stereotypical nagging wife thing, but it's also like, I mean, anyone would be nagging this guy yeah. to stop destroying their yeah, home. Right. <laughs> um, but Spray yeah. some tan on your other half of your sunburned <laughs> face so it doesn't look too obvious. <laughs> yeah. So the first night they get the call that he has to go find this place that he gets lost looking for. And um, a really amazing sequence happens. I love that the car comes up behind him and you see the headlights and then it goes around him and like yells at him, like, stop blocking the road, you right. jerk. Yeah. And then the and then the lights come back and he doesn't look up and he just sort of waves them around. Right. And then the lights lift up and go he over the car. Over him, right. uh, that's That sequence is awesome. And it's not one of the like, See, I, I think really just the finale gets pulled out and put in like clips and montages yeah, of, right, you know, yeah. best movies of the century, sci-fi movies, whatever. Um, so you probably hadn't seen like any of this stuff before. No, none of it. I think that's a really effective sequence J when he's just, in his truck. Yeah, we've talked about this on other podcasts also, but just the cinematography and the, all the, for being the 70s, right? Today we take it for granted, but yeah. having to do this by, essentially by hand, mechanical or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It, I don't know if he's on some kind of like, Boom, yeah. and it's it's, right. it's just like the in the cab of it. It's a, probably not actually a car, right? But it must be tipping him back or something right, right, for right. the gravity thing. It just sets it just sets the stage so perfect, so perfect. Whereas yeah. today would be all computer animated, and you just obviously didn't have that at the time. Yeah, right. Um, so. Not even my favorite sequence from the movie, but I think it's awesome, and it like gives you a real early thing. I like that it's not. Um, so, like I said, I watched this and Signs at the time, two movies I revisited for the first time in over, you know, almost 20 years. And in Signs, there's, like, some, like, nibbling around the edges and stuff, but eventually they kind of get to an arrival place of, like, oh, these these lights are up in the sky. We know this. Right. Um, I love in this movie, though, really early on, they're like, the government knows this is happening, and this is very explicitly happening to Roy also. Right. And to other people who are seeing these lights and right. stuff. Yeah, because uh, they're all gathering on the hill, yeah. wait, waiting for it to come back. And oh, surprise, it's a government helicopter. Yeah. Um, it's so great. And it, it's almost goofy, but I think it still works how, like, the, the mailboxes and the railroad crossing sign are just, like, yeah, you know, shuddering flying yeah. back and yeah. forth. Um, it's great. And yeah. I think Dreyfus is great in this whole movie, and I think he's awesome in this. So, <laughs> I mean, he's just a, he's just a great actor. Some, I think... Maybe for our generation, we kind of forget about him yeah. in, in some sense, but because we think of maybe Jaws first and yeah. foremost. One thing that I, I guess we're doing a little out of order, but it's it's very separate at this point, is uh, Barry. Barry and his mom, the little kid. Yeah. Um, this is the first time you see him, and it's just, this this time it's just all the toys turning on and the right. lights and stuff going, and uh, I think their fridge gets raided. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like a... That reminded me of Ghostbusters a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely Ghostbusters. Yeah. I also thought of E.T. E.T. goes in the fridge. E. Right, yep. Yeah. It's um, the stuff that happens with Barry. And Barry, as the the kid, he's always, like, on board with these aliens. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's right. pretty happy to see them. Um, He says toys when Right, he's curious, yeah. Yeah, when the scene that happens later... They actually had someone offset, like, shaking, shaking Yeah, that, that's how they got him to smile, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how they got him to smile. Toys is unscripted, but it works really well in the movie. Oh, that's not in the script? No, he just he says just toys because yeah. he's a literal he's child three years old. and yeah. saw toys. <laughs> it works, though. Um, but his, for for the mom, like, it's all... poor, distraught mom. Yeah, yeah, it's just nightmarish. Right. Um, but this opening scene, he just sort of runs out into 
the uh, not really a forest, just the fields, and that's how later he almost gets hit by Retro Dreyfus, yeah. um, who is now following these lights after seeing them. But you never get the sense that this is a horror movie. No, it's not like a horror no. film. Yeah, no, no, you don't. Um, and uh, I forget who gets there first. I think Barry gets there first because obviously he has to swerve to avoid him. Right. Yeah. Ba- Barry's on. A- the crest yeah. of the hill, yeah. Yeah, so it's this this hill that we come back to a few times, and there's just a few hippies there right yeah. now. <laughs> and uh, Barry has Barry's there, the mom's there. He almost gets hit by Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus jumps out of the car. And then... Hey, watch out! Yeah. I think he yells. Um, they don't even really talk then. He just runs over. He's like, are you all right? And then the everything flies by. And, and like I said, I like that they're just like, yep, we're not going to... You know, this is the guy that made Jaws, but we're not going to really beat around the bush here. Here's right. what they look like. Yep. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's a good sequence. Then yeah. there's like a, ch- a police chase. You, well, what's funny, because like, I like I like that police chase because it's the old style police cars with the single light on the top and they're like uh, chasing after some 1930s robbers, you know, running down the street. I thought that was very uh, no, kind of nostalgic for me. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I yeah, I just like that sequence. They go past the toll booth but and the guy's of, like, Hey, come on. <laughs> I think that the one of my one of my favorite lines from that scene was the the f- sort of farmer guy sitting on the he's like, Oh, they do circles around the moon, but we got him beat on the highways. Yeah. I think he says something like that. I thought that was very that's, that, that was, was kind of funny. funny. Um then eventually they fly off into the sky, but yeah. one of the one of the cops just yeets his car off a hill. Yeah. Hopefully he didn't. Die. Yeah, no, that's what they. That's yeah, Keystone cops over here. Which yeah. way are they going? Oh, off this hill. Let's go. Yeah, not <laughs> smart these guys. Um, Rural cops. Yep. Then Roy's all hyped up when he gets back home. He makes the kids all get in the truck and yeah. stuff. And yep. Um, I think this is a nice moment actually for Terry Gar when they're there. And there's like obviously nothing is happening. Yeah. And I think she has a line that's like, "Don't you think I'm taking this really well?" Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's, is a great line. Yeah. And um, yeah. So she's still like she's still trying to make lemonade at this point right. out of this situation. She's like, why did you drag me out of bed for this? <laughs> but of course, it's a Spielberg movie, and this one's also about divorce. Um, eventually. <laughs> well, she just they just disappear. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never come back. Nope. They don't. Re- They're gone. They don't. Revisit. She's taking the kids to her sisters, and that's it. Yep. Uh, they later see on a news report that her husband went on a spaceship yeah. and is gone oh, there forever. He <laughs> um, then we cut back to the scientists. They're in a desert and they see a big, uh, like shipping ship. <laughs> I don't know how to put it. <laughs> and it's in the middle of the desert. Um, I like that the UFO news back in Muncie is just fully in the paper. It's like, yeah, yeah right, a bunch yeah. of people saw something. Yep. Uh, it's great. And, Terry Gar's like cutting it out because she's like, I can't let him see this shit. Right. He's going to go crazy. <laughs> uh, and this is the first time you see him like looking at a pile of something and kind of molding it. It's when he has the shaving cream in his hands. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. And then um, the the pillow too. He also looks at the pillow. Yeah. As he's laying on the floor, he's like, oh, something's not adding up here. But he, he's, he thinks that the aliens had implanted that image in his brain. Mm-hmm. And that's how he become. that's why he becomes so obsessed with finding out what that is. Yep. Yep. So for you, as they're like, there's a lot of times you're seeing him and then Barry's mom. I'm forgetting the character's name, but Jillian. Jillian, yes. Yeah. Okay. She's doing like illustrations. Right. He's doing sculpting. Um, did you guess that that was Devil's Tower in Wyoming? I, I had no idea what Devil's Tower was until I looked yeah. it up and I was like, oh, I've seen this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's, um, I mean, I don't know if there's a lot else to do. Do in Wyoming, aside from look at like national parks and stuff, yeah. which obviously you, oh, you can do. Jackson Hole, is yeah, a pretty sure, cool place. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, not, not a and shot on it. Wyoming, right? But, yeah. Like I think if that's the kind of thing you're into, then it's probably a great yeah. place for that. Um, but I always thought Devil's Tower looks really cool. Yeah. Well, if you go on the, I went on the Wikipedia page for Devil's Tower, and that's like the number one claim to fame. Like, tourism sure. like quadrupled after this movie. You know. Yeah, they probably get a lot of weirdos yeah. too because right. it's an alien thing. Right. <laughs> Oh, poor, poor Devil's Tower National Parks employees. <laughs> but I also read that for Spielberg, he, because he wrote he wrote this. Well, who's the original scriptwriter? I don't know. And then he 
he well, he didn't want to give that guy any credit after his multiple rewrites and it sort of had a little bit of a falling out. So then he just took the credit for writing the whole film. But Spielberg's twist on it is that this film's supposed to be um, sort of like the story of Moses and Devil's Towers, Mount Sinai, and the aliens are gods, and we got to climb up the Mount Sinai to reach, you know, heaven, whatnot. I I, I read some something like that. It's one of the yeah themes themes of it. There's a lot of um, allegory in the movie still. If you want to look for it, it right. gets it's doesn't it's not that much of a stretch to get there. Right, right, if right. That's how you want to view it. Yeah. Um, that, that all makes sense. And I mean, yeah, Devil's Tower is just such a striking landmark to have this stuff and it's named Devil's Tower. So like that all can, you can bring your own baggage to that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, Roy gets fired. What would never happen today? He's probably a union guy. Yeah. Also it's like, never would happen. Cause I guess he never went to the power outage to fix it. Right. But it's one time. Yeah. You're fired. Give the guy a break. He's like, oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at his face, you're like, well, something happened to this yeah, guy. Right. <laughs> He's been bamboozled in some in some ways. Instead so, of going to that outage, you're getting a tan. Yeah. Um, then we're with the scientist team. I'm just calling them like the science team again. Yeah. And they're in- The North, men in black. Yes. The northern India where the people are singing the five tones that they heard right. from the UFOs. Yeah. Um, that was a funny scene too. That yeah. reminded me of the um, sort of like the last scene in Mad Men when he's thinking about the coke ad. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's yeah. that's what that's what image yeah. I thought of. Except these people come by it um, genuinely. They're right, not yeah. like super rich guys at right, like right, a right, California right, right. Yeah. rehab retreat. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but it is very similar, um, and just the scale of it is like a lot different because there, there's so many people in this scene. Right. Yeah. And um, hearing them all singing those five tones right. is is pretty cool. But then they the they ask, well, where where did you hear this from? And they all just point up to the sky. It's, it's just well, yeah. su- I mean, it's Spielberg, right? Right. And he's he's in his bag a lot in exactly. this movie, but it looks incredible. Yeah. Um, and then you cut to the, it's like a lecture or a symposium or something, and there it, there's the guy who's like looking at the camera weird right. that's playing it back for the crowd. Yeah. And uh, Truffaut's at the podium, and they're doing the. I, I know it's a specific kind of um, system that they're that the hand signals are from, but I don't have the name in front of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they show it on the screen briefly. I, I don't. Yeah. I didn't write that part down. Um, then he has a funny line where he says "Parlez-vous français," and yeah. no one laughs because they're all a bunch of <laughs> yeah. government government un- spooks. <laughs> yeah. See exactly. G men. G men. Um, and I, I like that he says like we don't know what this is, but we think it's important. Yeah. I think there's a couple times that when, so they're working off of the sounds and then Jillian and Roy are working off of the visual. Right. And Roy also says when he's making it, like, I don't know what this is, but I think it's important. Right. And so I like that they each have different pieces yeah. that they're working with. Um, It's just, it's just good. Well, th- there's <laughs> the scene where the, the guy, the guy who speaks French. He's yeah. like, well, before I, before I spoke other languages, I've, Used to I was read a maps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this, that's, this is a longitude and latitude. Yeah, <laughs> that's coming up soon. But it's like, okay, I mean, I know you guys aren't also oh, yeah, former cartographers, but yeah. like, somebody should have guessed. Maybe we see if these are coordinates. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, it gave Bob Elman something to do besides translating for. That's Truffaut. another cool thing about watching these so these old movies today is that it's. Can you imagine? We got. There's no GPS. You have to actually read a map. That's yeah. I find that kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so, so next is Roy goes back to that hill in Muncie. Yeah, and Jillian and Barry are there. Now there's a bigger group there too, and um, he goes over to Barry, and he sees that he's making like not exactly a sandcastle, but he's making a mound. Right. He's he's also has this image that he's trying to work out. And both Roy and Jillian are like weirdly entranced by it. Right. And this is when he says, I think this is important. Um, and then the lights start coming and everyone's like, oh, here, here they come. And then and the hippie that was originally there, I think, has like stop and be friends or something yeah, right, on a yeah, sign. Right. Or stop and make friends. Um, and it's just the government. And already the government's like, you you, you crazy yeah. people, yeah. go back Get to your homes. Here, yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. Yeah. And I mean, you didn't jump ahead that much. After that's when... The, yeah, they're in the thing, and I, I like that sequence too. They get the huge globe, right? Yeah, roll it down the hallway. <laughs> uh, where are you going with that globe? Yep, 
Yep. Um, I keep mentioning Bob Balaban as though he's, you know, as famous as Richard Dreyfus, but he's also like Dreyfus when we did Jaws, been in a movie. He's the narrator in Moonrise Kingdom is Bob Balaban. Oh, really? Yep. I, didn't, I didn't look that up. And as a character actor, he's in a million other things, right, yeah, but just yeah. like stuff we've done, he's the narrator in Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, you don't, you, you don't. For me, I never really know who that guy is, but then when you look him up, it's like, oh, I, yes, I, I, right. I, I've seen at least like a dozen movies yeah, that he's right, been right. in. He's just sort of in the background. Yes, this is this is like probably one of his bigger roles, and he's yeah. still, you'd say, maybe like the fifth or sixth right. lead. <laughs> um, and they find by looking at it that it's in Wyoming. They've yep. been taking the five tones and sending them up to space and getting this sequence of numbers back. Right. Um, and yeah, then that's that's where you're going. But also to the scene, um, one of my favorite scenes is when uh, they're having the press conference and they invite all the, the visitors in and um, the, the Air Force guy is like, ladies and gentlemen, this is a flying saucer. He just puts the picture down <laughs> and then he throws the plate. He's like, this is what my kid threw in the air and I took yep. a picture of it. Yep, yep. And so this is stuff is so easy to fake. Yeah, we got it all <laughs> under control. You guys are just imagining things. Yeah, and there's, there's some, yeah, a little Roy's like, Dude, like, no, we know yeah, yeah. it wasn't people throwing plates. And Jillian's like, they took my son. Yeah, my son's literally gone. He's gone. She's being treated as like a National Enquirer style. Yeah, right, like, right. Loony. Yeah. Um, and she's not helping herself that much either. But I mean, no. she's a distraught mother who right. lost her son and everyone thinks like she did something to him or she's lying. Right. Um, right after the, the Echo Deep Space Station radio telescope sequence where they find its uh, Devil's Tower in Wyoming... Uh, is the the wonderful sequence where Barry gets taken? He's 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 doing the tones on the xylophone. Is how this sequence starts. And um, when we did Jurassic Park, I said that the T Rex attack scene is the best sequence in American action movie filmmaking. Yeah. I think this sequence is just about on par with really? that. Yeah, I love this sequence so much. When where, they take him out of the house. Yeah, yeah, it's through, so through good. The doggy door. And like you said, it's not a horror movie, right. but this is like. I mean, this M. Night Shyamalan steals this wholesale for oh, science. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that um, watching this movie, I'm like, this is just, this signs obviously ripped this whole yeah. thing off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're not the only one. And I, I don't think Shyamalan would be shy about admitting that. He's, no. he's got a lot of perspective. No, I, yeah. I'm not saying they're the only ones, but it's so <laughs> obvious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, this is right up there for my favorite Spielberg scene in yeah. any movie. Uh, it's just so good. It's, it's kind of like, I can't really, you know, describe it too much but i love when he opens the door and he's like the lights coming through and she runs and closes yeah, yeah, it and right and in the, the clouds it's incredible yeah it's it's really terrifying the the appliances start going off right, on right, her right 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 it gets kind of poltergeisty yeah. when all the appliances are going like the screw and the, the floorboard very slowly yeah. coming up and then this the steam explodes through the vent yeah. yeah yeah it's just good shit um this yeah, it's it's one of those things where like we get to a point where I'm just like, if you haven't seen this movie, just go watch it. Yeah. The sequence is great. I don't really want to just describe a it's an action sequence. I don't want to tell you beat by beat. Just see it yourself. Uh he go he gets pulled out through the doggy door. Right. She tries to pull him back in. Yeah. She's not strong enough. Nope. And I love that just like the clouds recede and it just goes back to normal. Right. Yeah. And yeah. she's just left there. Uh yeah. And then like you said, the Air Force is gaslighting everybody. Right. <laughs> And then it's uh, the old hippie guy's there, and he starts talking about how he saw Bigfoot, and the government's like, perfect. Yeah, yeah, right. Everyone's this guy's this a guy. kook. Yeah. yeah, we're going to highlight this guy in the news yeah. report about this. I saw him. <laughs> um, and then they're right after they're lying to everyone, saying, like, yeah, it's no big deal. You cut to a huge amount of manpower right. is being deployed. Yep. Uh, I think it's the first time you see the. I guess astronauts, if you want to say that, like the special team of people in their red in suits. In red jumpsuits. Yeah. yeah, that are like getting, you know, you find out later being prepped because the government already knows we're going to meet these people right. and we're going to do a little exchange. Little, right, right, right. <laughs> um, And I like that. It's probably some, you know, something subtextual there that it's all like Baskin Robbins and different, you know, commercial trucks and and stuff that yeah, they're right, 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 right. disguising they're trying their to hide vehicles it. as. Yeah, right. um, and then, yeah, well, it's not subtext. It's just they're pretending that there's a huge, there's like an oil spill that happened, and now there's like an yeah. airborne toxic thing. There's an thing. airborne toxic thing, and then um, 
there was something about uh, water contamination. Maybe these wells are contaminated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think they, yeah, they, they had, there's a scene there where they're deciding what the lie is going to be. Right, and they're like, yeah. just do it all. Yeah. And the guy's <laughs> writing it down with his yeah. pen. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they do. So meanwhile, Roy is getting weirder and he is now has turned his train model set into a huge thing that's he's making out of like dirt or whatever. Yeah. And trash. And trash. And, and the garden. Yeah, the, the garden supplies. Yeah, the plants. <laughs> um, You're going to love it. And then that's when Ronnie takes off. She's going to her sister's. Taking the kids, going to her sister's. We do not see Never them again. again. Yep. <laughs> it's very funny. Never again. No, Boo, it's really like halfway point of the movie. It, it's right it's smack in the middle. Yeah. It's right smack in the middle. It's like an hour and 10 minutes in. You do not see those people again. She's gone. Very funny. Um, and then he sees the news program, both he, both he and Jill, Jillian. Yeah, at the, at the same It's one time. of those things you're like, yeah, people, like there wasn't the internet. They were right. all watching TV and there was exactly. only a few channels. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, yes, there's a train wreck near Devil, Devil's Tower. And they show, and he's like, that's, that's it. it. Yep. But to, um, and they're playing the soap opera about, uh, <laughs> I forgot the line there. I, I should have wrote that down. Oh, should, yeah. There's something, something. Like, something wrong with Darcy or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And as he's as he's finishing building this giant sculpture of Devil's Tower, it's like a, it's sort of setting the, the stage like this guy's lost his mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we get another commercial for Budweiser, similar to the Top Gun episode. Yeah. Here, here's a nice beer ad <laughs> in the middle of Close Encounters. The king of beers. Yeah. But the the whole sequence where he's like going, we, he's just weird, and the, and the yeah. neighborhood is all like Mrs. Crowded. Morris. So, Mrs. Yeah. Harris. Mrs. Harris. Yeah, and the chickens are all getting away because yeah. he's taking the chicken wire. And, and the whole neighborhood's just watching him do this stuff. Right. He's throwing stuff through the kitchen window. Right. And it, again, like Terry Gar kind of in like the sort of archetypal nagging wife role, but it's like, what else was she supposed to do? No, right, yeah. <laughs> she makes the right choice. Yeah. Because, like, based on the information she has, this right. guy is dangerous right. and is destroying their house. <laughs> well, earlier in the movie, she, when he's trying to explain to her what uh, he saw, he when yeah. she's in bed, she, he's like, oh, I, I saw something last night I can't explain. Yeah. And then she goes, I saw something last night I can't explain, <laughs> re- referencing him, going, yeah. going mental, you know? Yeah. She's, she's good. But again, we never see them again. He sees Devil's Tower and then we're into like this section of the movie is is like pretty different. Yeah. Because now it's not that it's a road movie, but there's a, a decent amount of business for yeah. between now and him getting to the site where they're going to meet the mothership. And um, I think I think uh, some of this maybe doesn't have to necessarily be in the film. Yeah, I understand why they, why it's in there and uh, like the interrogation scene and yeah. stuff like that. But I mean. Yeah, uh, and you're, you're seeing know. like the huge crowds of people trying to leave, and yeah, they're the train, like, you yeah. know, the people who are like selling the gas masks, right. and the, yeah, the train, and uh, even through all those people, fortunately, he does meet up with uh, Jillian, yeah, which is great. It's fate, yeah, yeah, it's fate, and they and they take off, and they have, uh, I'm, I mean, Arrival does this too. They have the bird, right? And, yeah, oh, the pigeon. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, and Arrival has like the canary in the coal mine type yeah. thing also. Um, which is obviously this, you know, from mining. It's not necessarily from this, but once they get to the government encampment, it looks exactly like the government encampment in Arrival. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is all good, and that they're like, "Oh, you come with us," and they get taken in, and yeah, the interrogation scene where Roy assumes he's being like arrested, but these people are kind of testing to see what yeah, he knows. They want to know what he knows, right? They're not necessarily against him, but yeah. it's not like they're gonna, you know take him with I them <laughs> at this point they the movie says well we already know that you know all this stuff we know that you're right we've been planning this the whole time so maybe yep. we can just use this guy as a guinea pig yeah right, right. i think this that's what they're trying to set up for but i just think some of that even though this movie is a good movie it's i don't think it's needed no yeah but this is our the first time when our two stories are intersecting exactly yeah um and then roy jillian and some guy yeah. <laughs> are, are in a helicopter with all the other people who, right. are, like Roy, have seen this thing and are coming. And they all still have their gas masks on. And the government's like, okay, get in this helicopter. And obviously, they're just going to take them away. Yeah. Um, not They're probably going to return them to their lives or whatever. They're not going to arrest them. Right. But they don't want them around for this. Yeah, right. And I do love that as they, you know, these, the three people, Roy, Jillian, 
and some guy. Um, they run away and they take their gas masks off when they obviously the area they were in was staged. And right. if they get to like the quote unquote backstage area, no one's wearing masks. Right. <laughs> They're all just yeah, right, whatever. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and they start running up the mountain. Yep. Um, but but they, first, the other guy doesn't last very long. But first, my one, my yeah. favorite scene. Okay. In this whole film. Yeah, yeah. Is we see Carl Weathers stop Roy. Yeah. And he questions him before he goes on mission to hunt the predator. Yeah. Ten years later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's Carl Weathers. I didn't know he was in this. <laughs> that was amazing. I, I I watched this like over a week ago. I don't remember Carl you Weathers. Remember Carl Weathers? He questions Roy um, when when they're in the town and the, the, all the people are trying to escape the town. Yeah. And Carl Weathers says, "Oh, we have we have permission to shoot on site if we catch any looters." This is before they show the the pigeon in the cage when he's putting it in the car. He's credited as military police. Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense. Yep. He's wearing the same outfit that he fights the predator in. Yeah. See, I had uh, like, oh, I bet you didn't know this guy was there moment coming up, but it wasn't Carl Weathers. It wasn't Carl Weathers? No, oh, Action sorry. Jackson? Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, you're totally right. Yeah. I just completely left my brain. Um, They start climbing up the hill. The government's obviously trying to yeah. stop them. They could have tried harder, I feel like. They're kind of like, I get, they have other priorities at this point. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying about this sets the stage for every sort of alien movie. The government is kind of incompetent. They're yeah, competent, but incompetent at the same time. Yeah, that's fair. And um, they start getting gas. There's sleeping gas being deployed yeah. by these helicopters. Which I read is another sort of theme to this film. Uh, just like sleep. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, dreams and stuff like that. So Yeah, there's a dreamlike quality to a lot of what right, happens. yeah, yeah. Or maybe Spielberg, much like John Carpenter and They Live, last, last week's episode, is trying to say, wake up. Wake up, people. Oh, that would be... <laughs> Gov government yeah, wants you to be asleep. Every day, right, yeah. Government wants you to gas. sleep. Because he, he gets gas and he falls into a deep sleep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Roy and Jillian, they keep going. They keep making it. And um, now, do you, is there's that, a lot of business with them climbing this mountain. <laughs> do you think that's filmed on location? No. I don't think... So it, it did cost nineteen million dollars for nineteen seventies. That's a yeah, lot of money. That's a lot of money. But it, it just looks kind of fit it like it's in a, a stage. Part of it, I feel like when the actors are interacting like directly with it, it's yeah. it's gotta be stage and right. matte paintings and stuff. But I think there's some real footage of Devil's Tower for sure. Yeah, right, 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 right. But I could be wrong on all that. I, I, don't, I don't I didn't look I don't that up. I don't think any of it looks bad. Yeah. I think it's all pretty cool. No, I think for the seventies, I think it looks really good. Yep. And they crest, like, the part of the mountain. Obviously, they don't go over the top of Devil's Tower. They right. go, like, sort of around the base. Right. Um, and when they crest, like, the sort of, you know, hill, I guess you'd yeah. say, uh, they can look down and see this whole staging area right. for the uh, visitation. Yeah, getting ready. <laughs> and they go down there, and no one really stops them. And, no. And then Roy's, like, a featured part of it, and yeah. everyone's cool with him. Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> here he is. Yeah. Our secret weapon. Jillian lags behind a little bit, but she yeah. also makes it there eventually. Yeah. Um, and then this sequence is uh, one of the most famous in yeah. movie history. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this part you had seen at least clips of before. Yeah. And also, too, I mean, as a, as little kids, right, we all had the game Simon. And this is the, yeah. the game Simon, even though it came out after this film. But Yeah. And he and the guys, you know, and they wait. And here, here it comes. I think even the sounds are the same as Simon. It must be. Dun, dun, you, where's dun, your recorder? Dun, dun, Can you play dun. that on your recorder? <laughs> I should have, right? I mean, it's right here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Perfect. Pretty close. Excellent. Pretty close. That was first try. If I disappear later, we'll know why. Yeah, it's because <laughs> you just, I called them in. You called them in. <laughs> but it seems like you can choose to go or not. Yeah, right. They're, they're very friendly. Yeah. Um, but this whole sequence is great. Yeah. And, and, Famously, James Lipton and Inside the Actor Studio mentioned to Spielberg, your father was this computer technician. Yeah, or mom was a composer. Mom was a composer, concert pianist. And then to to communicate face-to-face, -face, finally, with this other species, they play music, you know, with a computer. Yeah. And that's how they communicate. Right, right, right. And Spielberg's like, oh, I didn't mean that at all. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cool though. I hope that that was like something in there, but I mean, it, whatever. It's 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 a cool thing anyway. Good job, James Lipton. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. <laughs> um, so 
Yeah, the sequence is incredible. It's so good. And Trufant's like, you speed it up, slow it down, yeah. faster, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then it, it just starts, it just like starts popping off. Yeah. And all the lights on the ship are going. We're playing the keyboard, yeah. uh, the synth, yeah. Yeah, the, I think it's it's like a drop ship in the mothership sort of above still. Right. Well, yeah. I, those three ships that originally come, come in, I thought... Mm-hmm. The look of them is very cool, but one of them looks like a sort of like a smiley face, and it's, yeah. it sort of flips upside down. And then the three of them they take off. Then that's when the mothership comes in. Yeah, yeah, right. Yo, yeah, you're totally right. Um, and uh, yeah, so these this goes on for a while, but it's sort of like you just like, why would we describe it? You should just see it. You yeah. can watch this on YouTube. Well, <laughs> it, yeah, I mean the last I think the last twenty minutes is on YouTube for sure. For sure, sure yeah. Um, <laughs> but you, it, yeah, but. The, Without going too much into it, you you do get sort of entranced into the, this yeah, final it's, scene because it's even Dreyfus is acting on it, and he's like the smile that comes across his face. Yeah, You're, it reminds me reminds me of when we did um, Citizen Kane. It's sort of like a, mm. it's a callback to his childhood. He's like, oh, this is a wonder, and it's, it's such an experience. It reminds me of being a little kid, the curiosity, oh, yeah. the mystery. I get to see aliens, and then a smile comes across his face, and he forgets that his wife and kids have left him, <laughs> and is he's destitute for the rest of his life. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's his rosebud. It is, yeah. For a lot of people, when you think of Spielberg, you think of like this this look of wonderment yeah. that, that characters have when they're looking at something, the right. act of like observing. Right. Um, and that doesn't really happen in Jaws so much when no. people are looking at things in terror more. Yeah. Um, but this obviously has a lot of that. Right. It's, you're just looking at different characters, including Lance Hendrickson. That's what I was going to say. Lance Hendrickson's in this scene. Which one is he? He looks a lot younger than he does even like in Aliens, which isn't that far after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Aliens is what eighty four or something. Yeah, so it's only it's less than ten years later, but he's he's already like full haggard mode by Aliens. Um, he's just one of the guys. His name's Robert. The character is so he's in the background during the interrogation. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, all right. And then yeah, when it's like panning around yes, to different yes, people, yes, yes. and he looks like thirty years younger. Yeah, than he, does he looks in way Aliens. different. Yeah. yeah. Aliens is seven years later, but but that's nah. <laughs> but that shot that's also a good shot when you when you just looking at the crowd. It's just yeah. a, just a panorama of the crowd. Yeah, and it's all these people with this look of wonderment, yeah. and it's, it's they're all frozen. Just it's frozen. fucking powerful as yeah. hell. There's yeah. not a lot of uh, dialogue here. The communication's right. being done yep. through the synthesizer. But Jillian's taking about show. three thousand pictures on her. Yeah, that's right. 1970s camera. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Because, I mean, for her, she's like, people need to believe me this yeah. time. Fuck. Um, but then all of a sudden- All ro- of the people come off the ship. When yeah. They, yeah. But uh, another favorite scene of mine from this film is that as the two pilots are coming off and they're sort of like interrogating, I'm like, what's all do you, are you vaccinated for diphtheria and yeah, yeah. smallpox? And uh, he's like, do you remember your birthday? And he's like, yeah. December, whatever. Yeah. And then the scientist puts the black tape over his picture because he, he's dead. Yeah. Right? The, to the to the yeah, rest yeah. of us, the public, that guy yeah, yeah. doesn't exist. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. He's he's a ghost. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I do like that bit when they're like, oh, I guess you're part of this now too. Yeah. So let's run you through like the crash course. Yeah, and, right, like, right. You're going with these people who are obviously super highly trained. Yeah. But it's just going to be, Here's your you're own good. red jumpsuit. Yeah, I mean, and it's good too. It's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like you need, you need like a, a regular Joe on that ship right. to give like the layman's yeah. perspective. What if they have an electrical <laughs> outage? You gotta have a guy to fix it. Yeah, yeah, those guys won't know what to do. No clue. Uh, it's it's a real like Armageddon style. Like we got yeah. these these we gotta send these guys who kn- know how to get stuff done. That is a real <laughs> Armageddon type scene. Yeah, because they have the jumpsuits with the American flag on the shoulder right. and like, yeah. like we're going up. We're saving you. Yeah. Not not these pampered fancy yeah. astronauts. We need oh. someone who really knows how to get stuff done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not that anyone says that, but it just makes me think of it. And yeah, yeah, the pilots come back. The the different the Barry's back. Barry's the little back. kid. Yep. Um, and then the aliens come out, and they're like, "Oh, we're into this guy." Yeah. At Roy, they go down the whole line. Yeah. Stop right at Roy. <laughs> you come with us. You've got <laughs> you've got the childlike wonderment that yep. we're really going to appreciate in our spot. Yeah. Um. And yeah, they pick Roy. Roy goes on the mothership. No, he was he wanted gone. to go. He wanted to he go. He wanted from to go. There was no the hesitation. First second. Yeah. I guess he doesn't know, but like the science team and the other people there will know like 
those pilots that just got back, they were gone for like almost 40 years. Right. <laughs> no one's seen them for like 35 but, but years. But they didn't age. But they didn't age. Yeah. So I guess they're like, yeah, royal figure it out. We'll figure it out, yeah. Comes back 40 years later. His, well, his wife's think, dead. His kids are all estranged. Do you think that this is the second time around? Like, do you think that we, in the, in the context of this film, the scientists have already traded once before? You think they were responsible for the pilots already? Yes. Back in time? Yeah. And this is, they, so we've they, just been doing seem, this they just seem so confused when they see the planes at the beginning. But that could just be like, a, oh, they're here kind of thing. We didn't know they'd pop up here, you know? Right. That's, that's yeah. the way I took it anyway. Okay. Yeah. That, I think that makes sense, too. I don't think, yeah, I think you can read it either way. Yeah. The, but there's only one possible way to read Royal Leaf. That's just, Spielberg didn't have kids yet. And he said yeah. if, if he had, he wouldn't have ended the movie like that. Right, right. <laughs> just take off, yeah. Um, I like it, though. I think it's in keeping with the character. That guy's kind of a jerk. Yeah. He's pretty, well, he, he's he just, pretty selfish. He just loses his marbles, too. Yeah. Um, it makes so him the, perfect for these aliens. It's kind of like, no, <laughs> I guess the there's no redemption for him. He just sort of disappears. But I think the, the ending works because then he, yeah. there's the swap. The aliens we we discover are friendly. They do the little yes, not the the hand signal thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, bah, 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 bah. Yep. It's the most, you know, it, it's very like fifties sci fi movie exactly, yeah. style of like alien costume. It's just right. just kids in plastic masks, basically. Exactly. <laughs> uh, very little green man. Yeah. Uh, although they're kind of bluish, grayish. Yeah. And they bring Roy on the ship in the special edition. Which is a version that Spielberg made three years later, where they there's a reshoot that only Richard Dreyfus is in, and you can tell he looks three years older, and the clothing is more baggy and stuff, and it's actually him on the ship. It doesn't really work that well. No, no, it, you can't. You just can't go redo a movie like that. Um, there, it adds some other good scenes, and the other stuff that's good is preserved in the director's cut. Yeah, which I think comes out in the nineties. Um, but the ending is the same as the theatrical, which is really, really hits for me. Yeah. Um, and then the whole time, then the music, the John Williams score really crescendos at this point. Yeah. The ship's taken off and throughout the credits that you can see it like getting further away. Right. And, uh, it's just, it's a, it's a great ending. Now, did, <laughs> did John Williams do the, like the five notes too? That's yes. Yes. Apparently he gave many, many, many options to Spielberg. Really? <laughs> yeah. And then eventually, like, obviously that is the main driving force of the score. Even the orchestral score is right. doing the five notes. Yeah. Um, great notes. Among our best in, in like, movie history. It's the game Simon. It's the same notes from the game Simon. I swear, the first five yeah. sequences is the exact same thing. It has to be. Yeah. I'm only doing it out of memory, but I, I, I it's got to be. I'm going to go buy a Simon later this afternoon and you gotta play it. You got to figure it out, yeah. yeah. I, um... It's kind of fascinating. Like, obviously, being born uh, 14 years after this movie came out. Yeah. Um, hard to imagine, but this comes out just a few months after Star Wars. <laughs> and it's like... Right, yeah. Very different ideas of sci-fi. Yeah. But th but delayed, as we said earlier, yeah. Yeah, yeah supposed to come out before. Right. Or, or probably around when Star Wars. Columbia was going out of business. Yes. Uh, this becomes the highest grossing film Columbia had ever had at the time. Uh, makes over $200 million in, in 70s money uh, worldwide, which is, I mean, it's a success for sure. Um, and yeah, I just, the kind of sci-fi you're getting at this point, and then a couple years later is Alien. So three very different ideas of space. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> um, and obviously this is all in the wake of uh, 2001, uh, the movie, not the year. The space Oddity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Star Wars, Star Wars, not so much in conversation with that, but right. Spielberg constantly in conversation with Kubrick throughout his career. Yeah, and I think Alien has obviously the computer stuff is a lot taken right. from 2001 also. So yeah, good movie. Oh, great film, great film, really a foundational piece. Yeah, and yeah. I, it's it should be uh, everybody should obviously watch this if you're into into films, movies, yeah. and sci -fi, especially sci-fi. It's yeah. a Spielberg movie. Yeah, you're gonna like it. Yeah, I mean like. You look at the major blockbusters, alien movies of the last twenty years: Men in Black, Independence Day. All it's all taken from this film mm -hmm. in, in many ways. I, mm -hmm. I feel. Yeah, I agree. Um, God, yeah, like I think you know, 
the ship from Independence Day. It looks it almost yeah. looks the same. Yeah. It's a good looking ship. It's the the model they used for it's in the Air and Space Museum and yeah. the Smithsonian. Um obviously not too, it's 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 a scale model. It's right. not the same yeah. size. Oh, it's not bigger than the White House? No. Oh. Um I was lying. Yeah. See, the government's lying to us all the time. All the yeah. time. But yeah, yeah, the Independence Day ship does look a lot like this this mothership yeah. here. Um and so I've been asking a few questions for every movie that we've done this month, yep. um, except for Arrival, because I hadn't come up with the concept yet. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's something I should do every time. I was like some, you know, connective tissue between the episodes instead of just sort of lip service to connective tissue. So what would you give the aliens in this movie to either foster harmony between our species or to get them to go away? Uh, they, in this film, the aliens are definitely, they're trying to foster some type of relationship. Yeah. A thousand percent. What would you give them? <laughs> I would give them, uh, I would give, I would crack open a nice cold Budweiser for them. Say, here you go. Here you go. Take this. It tastes like America. Yeah. This is what you want to, <laughs> this is what freedom tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> you may be more advanced than us, but yeah. do you know Take freedom? your fancy face burning ship and uh, have a cold one, will you? <laughs> yeah. I'd give them sunglasses, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, figures. Yeah, like if you guys are going to be here maybe for a while, yeah. Like if any of your ships come, you're going to want these sunglasses. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot out there hot. In, the, in the desert. Yeah, they definitely have a different light tolerance right. than us. Like, yeah, just take these sunglasses. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, like I said earlier. I think it's it's one that we, not you and I, but like our aged people don't really think of as much. No, no, no. Spielberg, you think, you know, Jaws, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Stuff like that. And this isn't as loud as those. Yeah. Either culturally or like in the movie. Like you said, there's a lot of slow parts. Um, But I think it's a pretty incredible movie. Yeah. For, if, I, I couldn't agree more. For me, Spielberg, it's number one is it's Jurassic Park. I, can, I mean, that's really the culture defining movie yeah. of his for me. When I rewatched E.T. last year, it was a lot better than I had remembered. Sure. Um, I can see that. Not not just in terms of quality, but how much it affected me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I cry at movies. Yeah, yeah. E- Easier maybe than I should, but it's... Yeah. Yeah, E.T. is a tearjerker. Of course. It happens. Um, not, not in this one. It's more like a celebratory sort of like ecstatic moment of like revelation at yeah. the end kind of thing. Uh, and I'm checking to see, because we're going to move into ratings. I'm checking to see what I gave this last time I watched it because I want to... Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I was th- as I was watching this, I'm thinking, what am I going to rate this? I needed something iconic from this film <laughs> as a scale to rate. Yeah. And I, I came up, I have the best, I think I have the best one. I have the I'm, best one. But, let, you know, I'm continue. excited to continue. hear it. Well, let's set it up. <laughs> every week we'll take our ratings and I'll put them on Letterboxd. Uh, well, every week we'll take ratings, but you know, I'll put them on Letterboxd once every six months or so. But you can find those ratings and our archive of previous ratings on Letterboxd.com and look for Late 2, the movies. That's the number two. On a scale of, I think we can only go as low as 0.5, 2, 5, on any scale of your choosing, going up by halves, and you can't use stars, <laughs> what would you give Close Encounters of the Third Kind? It would be a good one to use stars on, but you can't. Yeah. I give this film four and a half uh, symbol clapping monkeys. Nice. Out of five. Nice. When you said symbol, I was like, uh-oh, is it going to be close to mine? Um, like symbols of, you know, Devil's Tower Oh, no, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I give it four and a half mashed potato towers. Oh, I, lo- I love it. I out love of it. Five. That's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. This movie fucking rocks. Yeah. Just go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, the mashed potato scene is obviously an, another iconic scene, too. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. So, it's so funny. Because it, it's so 70s, too. They're drinking milk. Yes. And mashed potatoes. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> no one does I that feel like that's like a childhood dinner. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Everyone's going to be Drink really milk. heavy that night. Yeah. <laughs> What's well, And those, are those real mashed potatoes? It's probably instant mashed potatoes because it's, it's the 70s. Be. Yeah. It's the 70s. <laughs> no one's making mashed potatoes in the 70s. Um, yeah. Dreyfus is great in this movie. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, his top three films are Draws, Close Encounters. And what about Bob? <laughs> there you go. I was going to go with Krippendorf's Tribe, but I've never you know, seen that. It's an extremely one of the worst aging movies ever. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
a real you couldn't make that one today and yeah. it's not from that long ago right 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 <laughs> and it's it's from not that long ago to the extent where you're like you probably shouldn't have been able to make that movie then yeah. either oh um anyway <laughs> yeah well let's let's get out on a high note i love this movie uh thanks for being on the podcast no yeah th- thanks for <laughs> thanks for having me and, and making me watch this movie otherwise i would never seen it so yeah. I, I think great 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 film really trend setting foundation setting film. yeah 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 you can do predator but you got this you got yeah, i mean you've gotten citizen kane out of this podcast that's, true. that's right yeah it's been pretty good a bunch of callbacks on this one <laughs> for for real um i uh, later today i'm seeing bo is afraid so look out for our next episode Who, who's in that, that? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, okay. It's the new Ari, Ari Aster movie. Yeah. He made. Um, that's definitely not how you pronounce his name. He made Hereditary and Midsommar. Yeah. Um, and then also, I'm trying to get better at like remembering people like to plan things. Next month is May. It's five Mondays. It's gonna be five episodes. Ooh. So for a five Monday May, it's Music Month. Music Month. Music okay. Month May, not musicals. Um. But movies that are about or have heavily feature music, ones that I'm confirmed so far that we're doing include Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story, uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. The Worlds, um, Josie and the Pussycats. They're not all going to be comedies, though. There's going to be some sad stuff. <laughs> I haven't decided on the last two. Probably like Inside Lewin Davis. Uh-huh. Maybe like A Star is Born or Whiplash. Yeah. So we got to get some dramas okay, in there, Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Um, and now, for the first time ever, I've actually properly teased <laughs> the next episode, which Making may progress. be which might be Walk Hard, unless I can record something else yep. first. Have you ever what, seen that? Which is also a callback to what this film is. Another theme, par- progress. Maybe the aliens teach us a few things. We come oh, yeah. back. New technology. I learned a lot from this one. All about progress. <laughs> yeah. All right, Anthony, thank you for being on. Thanks. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Podbeans. You can email Noah at late to the movies underscore podcast. No, wait, late to the movies underscore podcast is our Instagram. Late to the movies at gmail.com is our email. Uh, late to the movies pod.fireside.fm is our website. I usually get everything else wrong, but if you go to that website, you can find the proper links to all those places. <laughs> All right, thanks. Um, and now we're getting in the spaceship and going away forever. Goodbye. Didn't even say goodbye. <laughs> he was just like, later, y'all. And that's how I should end every podcast. Later, y'all. <laughs>